Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are super pumped to be back with you guys after a week. We got a super loaded episode for you today. We got some housekeeping, some hate mail, a BYU resume update, college basketball, Gonzaga, San Francisco recap, BYU basketball look ahead, and some, you won't get this much on the Royal Strong and True Podcast, positivity at the end of the show. So make sure you stay tuned in till the end. We want to give a quick shout out to our social media pages at loyal to royal pod on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you're giving us a follow. We're putting up a lot of memes, a lot of fun stuff. You are going to love it. Without further ado, let's get to the hate mail. Let's get to all the other fun stuff. Let's boo. That field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Don't forget that strike! Let's back this bula. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Let's, yes! Let's go wild. Let's Let's go, go, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Alrighty, everybody, welcome back. Alrighty, let's kick things off some housekeeping, shall we? Let's do it. Just uh, quick thoughts. Uh, Jackson Dart, he's going ham on Oklahoma and Ole Miss on his social media accounts, but today he visited BYU. What are our thoughts? <laughs> wow. Um, honestly, looking at Jackson Dart's social media profiles, I thought he was already committed to Ole Miss or Oklahoma. Boy, he was going crazy about them, kind of fangirling about them <laughs> as a transfer quarterback. But, you know, I was surprised to hear that he visited BYU, and I had already moved on from him, but now I'm kind of reopening myself to the prospect of him coming here. And like I said, last time we talked about him, I would love to have him. I think after Jaron moves on, he would be awesome for us, but he might not be the best fit here if he wants to start immediately. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I think it would be real nice to have him. I think he's a great quarterback. Like you said, I don't trust our coaching staff to uh, treat him the right way. I don't trust our coaching staff to actually play him if he's a better quarterback. So I'm rooting for him to go to Ole Miss, Powder Blue, come to the Sip, Hotty Toddy, whatever the heck it is. I think he'd be a perfect fit there. He looks a lot like Matt Corral. He does that cool, like, Anakin Skywalker eye black. And honestly, I just don't want him to go to Oklahoma. So either BYU or Ole Miss. You know, I was thinking about this, and there was only one logical reason that Jackson Dart visited Brigham Young University. He visited Oklahoma, figured out he wasn't going to beat out the GOAT for the QB starting job. Dylan Gabriel from UCF. Right. Can't do that. Won the MVP of the league. Has a national championship at UCF. Right? True. true. Championship. <laughs> uh, then he visited Old Miss. And it looked like Lane Kiffin visited him because they posted a picture with, I forget what it was, like an Aston Martin or some yeah. fancy car in the snow. And I'm no expert. I don't think there's a lot of snow in Mississippi right now. Hmm. Good point. So there's one possible reason he could be visiting BYU simply because he lives close his parents are alumni and his parents kind of coaxed him into going and he's getting a free lunch oh <laughs> there you go because otherwise it doesn't make sense do we want jackson dart 
Of course we do. It just doesn't make sense. But I do have some other transfer portal news. Mm. I haven't seen this talked about a whole lot because we are pretty solid on the offensive line side of the ball. Mm-hmm. But we do need depth as we go into the Big 12. Absolutely. Former three-star offensive tackle from the University of Oregon, who is a return missionary, he was a freshman this year, Logan Sagapolu has entered the transfer portal as well. Oh. Haven't heard much about it from any sources, but he is an RM. I believe he is from the Utah area. You know, those RMs tend to kind of congregate towards BYU. So adding some more offensive line depth, especially with the offensive line injury issues we've had over the years, wouldn't be a bad thing. I love it. I love the transfer portal, and I hate the transfer portal. If it works out for BYU, we love it. So banking on that. Yes, and Justin, you bring up a good point about how RMs kind of gravitate towards BYU after the mission, no matter where they commit to before. It had me thinking, what if the whole missionary program is designed to get better players at BYU football? Because <laughs> if so, okay. if so, I think they would be failing miserably. But that was very thought-provoking, what you said. <laughs> there's something psychological going on in these missions. Anytime there's a high-profile football player, the first presidency is telling the mission presidents, hey, maybe guide them to consider BYU. Just be in their <laughs> ear all year long. They just, like, put the biggest BYU fans in the mission, make them their district <laughs> leaders and yeah. their zone leaders. Could you imagine back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, yeah. Me, Dan, and Jared as, as like district leaders, giving every district meeting like BYU the Cougars. <laughs> we just grind it into the, uh, that. Actually, might turn them away from BYU. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> well, speaking of kind of like the BYU experience, there was a deep blue released on Fusini Traore, mm-hmm. who look at you going is, for the right pronunciation. Yes, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> like Mark. Uh, a devout Muslim from Africa, Atiki Ali Atiki, is also, also a devout, a devout Muslim. Muslim. And they feel really welcome and happy here in the BYU atmosphere, which is really great because BYU is obviously seen as like this kind of elitist club just for Mormons kind of thing. And it's really cool to see that these people from other faiths, from other countries are coming here and they're feeling welcomed and loved and appreciated. Yeah, I'm about that deep blue feature on um... – I'm not even going to try to say his name correctly, but on Foos. Um, someone named Kamal S. Ahmad said, BYU is the best university for Muslim athletes to attend. I've been to the campus quite a few times and really enjoyed it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And that was kind of thought-provoking to me because, I mean, Muslims kind of get a, a bad rap in some spheres there are some extremists who have done some things that definitely do not represent the the people as a whole but seeing people come to BYU who are still committed to their own faith even if it's a different faith but they have very strong faith in God and like in the the video about Foos talked about how he like prayed to know where he should go with all the offers he had and he you know, prayed in the Muslim way and then he woke up and thought he should go to BYU. I think that it's great that BYU is able to provide a good space for him to you know, be welcomed even though he has a different religion. And yeah, I just thought that was awesome and I 
it just made me respect him a lot more as well for his character. Absolutely. I think it was really cool. I think one of the big stories when Foose and Atiki were getting recruited in the first place was that basically the parents took a look at the honor code and was like, yeah, this <laughs> sounds great Perfect. because a lot of mm-hmm. LDS beliefs line up with Muslim beliefs when it comes to, you know, modi- modesty, chastity, chastity, just alcohol consumption, moral conduct, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, the, the Muslim religion and the LDS religion line up on a lot of those things. So it's great that we can provide a place where Foos feels at home. You know, we, I saw the, you know, the video of him praying in his Heritage Hall's apartment. I can tell it's Heritage <laughs> yeah. Hall's. So, I mean, yeah, it's, like it's, it. it's awesome that they feel comfortable. We need to do everything we can as BYU students to continue helping athletes and students who aren't members of our faith to feel comfortable at a place like BYU where they can gain such a great experience. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's good to just see that we're moving forward. It's becoming more progressive, more accepting. I love it. I love it. We need more of it. Okay. More yeah. Also, Foose is a freaking beast. We'll get to that later. We love Foose. Uh, next uh, item of housekeeping. Does anybody care about the NFL playoffs? What are we thinking? We're obviously cheering for Danny and uh, his team, the Cincinnati Bengals. Danny's the quarterback, as we know. True. Um, they're, they're, my, they're my Super Bowl favorite. I know. Joe. Yeah, I know absolutely jack squat about the NFL. Uh, but the Bengals are definitely winning the NFL championship Super Bowl. Yeah, they better. Joe Burrow happens to be my doppelganger, which kind of explains to podcast listeners who can't see me, but there's some pictures that look eerily similar. And I should point out that no one has seen both of us in the same place. I've never seen. uh, No, never, never. I never got that. (laughs) The truth for me is I don't care about the NFL. I just I want to watch good football. Some of the games were fun to watch. Most of them were blowouts. Yeah, I'd kind of like to see the Bills win. That would be cool. The Bills have had such a long drought. Yeah, I would love to see Cincinnati win because they got Joe Shiesty, who you know on this podcast we have very strong feelings of love and affection for Joe Shiesty. Let's <laughs> see, um, just his last name. <laughs> the fact that he has so many cool nicknames. I love that, like. He's just been like come to known as Joe. That's awesome. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, all the BYU players that are in the playoffs right now are like ones that are kind of old and I'm like. I mean, Fred Warner, but he's injured. Fred Who Warner, knows if he'll play? Injured. Kyle mm-hmm. Nanoi's out now. You got Danny Sorensen and Zane Anderson on the Chiefs. Andy Reid. Kind of sick of the Chiefs, though. Yeah, I'm kind of sick of the Chiefs, too, to be honest. Kind of <laughs> sick of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Well, let's hope Place for. Let's hope for a Bills Bengals Super Bowl. I don't know if that's possible. Bills, Dang it! Bills Bengals AFC. Dang it! Uh, the NFC Championship. Uh, it doesn't matter because Joe Burrow is going to tear him apart. Yes. So yeah. Yes, sir. Well, football's football. I'm going to watch it. I mean, football's football. Say something's got to get us ready for the USSFL, right? I, yeah, man. I cannot True. wait for that. The more I learn about it, the more I just laugh inside. <laughs> so excited. And on the Monday night wild card game, The Rock went on and started talking about the XFL yes. on the Manning cast. What? <laughs> what? I don't know if you guys knew that saw this, but <laughs> I did not Manning, see it. On the Manning cast, Eli Manning goes and uh, and <laughs> goes okay. And Peyton's gonna break down this play for us. And apparently, Peyton didn't know his his. Mike was live, 
and he just said, "Oh yeah, I can't hear shit." <laughs> <laughs> and and the fact the funny the funniest part about it is that Eli afterwards just goes, "Never mind." I can't hear shit. <laughs> oh, that's but awesome. it didn't end in a Z. <laughs> Gotta love the Manning cast. Okay, let's talk about our women's basketball team really quick. We need to give them a quick shout out because they are absolutely <laughs> insane. An incredible team. We love them. They just beat two teams by a combined 82 points. An average margin of victory of 41 over the past two games. And and it wasn't wow. like they won by 60 and 20. No, 40 and 42 points. Yep. <laughs> They're monstrously booty slapping the other teams. Yes. Big-handed booty slapping. They mm-hmm. moved up to number 17 in the polls, and they're now on the four-seed line, which apparently in the women's tournament, the first two rounds are hosted home by game. each of the top four seeds. We got home games. Oh, yes, baby. That'd be dope. Oh, that's sick. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're hoping that they keep moving up, they keep banging away, and literally no one is going to stop these girls. They're They're insane. Love to hear it. Do you think they can be best in the WCC? I don't really Absolutely. follow the women's WCC as closely, but do you think they are favorites to win it? Definitely. The Absolutely. only the only team that could even give them like a little bit of trouble would be Gonzaga, but I don't think that it's going to be close enough for the refs to screw them over this year. <laughs> Ooh. Gonzaga is 12 and 4. They are playing pretty good basketball. Uh, BYU has not played them yet. But, you know, I, I honestly think that they'll, BYU will handle Gonzaga okay. Yeah, pretty handily. They did have a game scheduled for this Thursday. It got postponed. Uh, Paisley Harding tweeted out, We just want to play basketball. <laughs> we just want to play some basketball. But, you know, it must suck to have a game postponed, especially uh, when you're having the type of season that you're having. Right. If you're. IUPUI, who is the second to last in net ranking right now. I'm sure they praise the heavens when their games get canceled. But. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they next play on Saturday, but depending on what happens, we can see the women's team play San Diego on Thursday instead of the men's team, and they'd still probably win by 30. Shoot. Uh oh. (laughs) All right, let's take a look a little bit on BYU's resume. It's looking pretty good. We are 26 in net, 22 in Ken Palm, and 27 in the AP poll. Just two spots out. We really should be ranked, but it doesn't matter that much like in football. AP top 25 is a huge deal. College basketball doesn't really mean anything. It's not a huge deal. Yeah, I sent this. Tweet from Greg Rebell into the group chat, but I wanted to revisit it on the air. It says there are one, two, three, four, five, six teams with eight or more quad one and quad two wins and zero quad three and quad four losses. Those teams are number two, Auburn. Okay, pretty good. Number five, Baylor. Mm, Also good. Number eight, Wisconsin. Okay. Oh, I skipped number seven, Kansas. So four top ten teams. Number 13, LSU. And then the sixth team is BYU, who is unranked. (laughs) How does that make sense? Because? Exactly. That makes no sense to me. Disrespect. The the other five teams 
have more or less a similar resume as far as wins go, yet they're all in the top 13 and we're unranked. Yep. Yeah, I know. Which all respect. of those teams have one thing in common. They didn't lose to UVU. Ugh. Yep. Moving on, they're also not in the WCC, anti-WCC <laughs> bias. Everyone talks about the w- Even like the WCC like analysts are like, wow, the WCC is a gauntlet. You can't believe I'm saying that. Like, they all hate on the WCC. So, uh, honestly, y'all suck. Yeah, the WCC is actually really strong this year. They have uh, four teams solidly in the top 40, top 35. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's great. Better than the SEC? Yes, and the Pac-12. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Now, let's move. we have a little segment that we want to do. We have some hate mail to deliver. This is some very hateful from the depths of our hearts. From our sinews, we are going to throw some hate. Justin, you kick it off. You look like you're in the mood. Oh, I'm definitely in the mood to throw out some hate. Uh, Honestly, I saw this tweet. I forgot the guy's name, so I wish that I could throw hate directly at him. So without being able to, I am going to have to throw hate directly at all Utah beat writers. So I have a question. Utah is in the state. Anybody in the state of Utah or like the University of Utah? University of Utah beat writers. Oh, okay. They are a bunch of classless idiots who have <laughs> nothing better to do because their team is so terrible. They have nothing better to do than to point out every little flaw of BYU because Utah <laughs> is terrible. Last place in the Pac-12, by the way, last place just took a loss to Arizona State. They suck. But uh, in so on a BYU radio interview after the Gonzaga game, Caleb Lohner was asked about Gonzaga, and he said, "Quote: This team is one of, if not the best teams in the country. We just got our ass kicked. I don't think there's any way around it." Shout out to Caleb Lohner for saying that on BYU radio. Language. Secondly, a Utah beat writer reposted that and hated on Caleb Lohner. Said all these things about Caleb Lohner. Isn't that an honor code violation? Caleb Lohner should be suspended and whatever. Shut the heck up, man. Get off of our page. Get off of BYU Twitter. Get off of BYU's cougar tail. And just go miserably cry in your University of Utah attendance. Because, like, you can go to the Rice Eccles basketball stadium. Sure, you can go. I'm sure they'll probably pay you to get in because they can't get any fans. Yeah. You just walk in, you'll have your pick. You can sit courtside if you want because not a single person attends your lonely, terrible, dumb games. Screw you, Utah University of Utah beat writers. Uh, I think I think the funniest thing about their home stadium, the Huntsman Center, is when they put up those curtains to cover like the upper yes. the upper bowl to make it look like it's not as empty as it really is. I love those pictures. Disgusting. <laughs> well, it, it's really sad, too, because the Huntsman Center doesn't even have that great of a capacity. I know. It's small to begin with. It's 5,000 less than BYU. Disgusting. And they still have to cover up, like, two-thirds of it. <laughs> and Mick Cronin, the UCLA uh, head coach, you know, they've been playing at home and they've been on like COVID. So no fans could come in the arena. And he's like, so how do you feel about going to play at Utah? He's like, it'll be nice to have some fans in the stands. Finally get some cheering, you know, when we play. And everyone's like looking at each other. Like he obviously hasn't been watching Utah basketball. There are oh, shoot. 
Oh, man. Okay, my hate mail is going to all referees everywhere. All sports? All sports, all referees, all adjudicators. <laughs> you adjudicators. <laughs> you absolutely blow. There's this, this has nothing to do with the mess-ups in the NFL, um, the mess-up in the Coastal Carolina North, uh, Northern Illinois game, the mess-up in the BYU uh, bowl game, or the national championship game. And it has nothing to do with the basketball game on Saturday and the egregious foul count. I just would like to say that I hate all referees everywhere. And I'm debating whether they are a necessary evil or an unnecessary evil. That's at the point where I am right now. Do we even yeah. need referees? That's that's it. That's it. You're at 55 W1000 Provo, Utah. Uh-oh, Jared, Jared just gave out his exact location. <laughs> Uh, yeah, come find me, refs. <laughs> you won't come find Jared at 55 whatever West. <laughs> Thank you. Siri's always got my back in these things. <laughs> we should have Siri ref games from now on. <laughs> oh, I'm sure the Apple Watch would do it for us. Yeah. <laughs> Apple Watch has saved lives, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, well, I'm off my soapbox, Dan, you're up. Time for my hate mail. My hate mail is addressed to antigens. Oh, antigens. Okay. We are all well aware of the COVID-19 pandemic we're all mm-hmm. going through. We've been going through for literally years <laughs> yep. of our so lives, sad. our short, young, youthful lives. But the reason I am writing hate mail to antigens today is because I am coming over a bout of either food poisoning or stomach flu Ooh. that had me sidelined use sports terms. For it's a nice euphemism. Far too long. I won't go into too much detail for you listeners. I'll leave it up to your imaginations, but it was not pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like foreign antigens, which is why I'm writing this hate mail. <laughs> Take notice, antigens. Be on the lookout. Yep. You better watch notice your back. It's bacon. <laughs> if they accidentally call out their addresses, I'm coming for them. <laughs> we need to get them Apple Watches. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that, that movie. I forget which of the Marvel movies it is when Iron Man gives out his address. And then uh, Iron Man 3. I think it's, yeah, Iron Man 3. And then like, 30 seconds later in the movie, his house just blows up. It gets nuked. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's us right now. We're going to get nuked by referees. Okay, just my apartment. What are they going to do? Sit outside and blow a bunch of whistles? Yeah. All we got to do is call them bald and they'll all call technicals on each other. Oh, my gosh. Okay. The technical, they called them BYU bench. What the heck? Are you kidding me? No fun allowed in college basketball, apparently. (laughs) I thought they called it on Mark Pope. Me too. And if they would have called it on Mark Pope, because Mark Pope was like cursing them out. You know what? I'm okay with that. Yeah. Honestly, our feelings for referees right now are about the same as Dak Prescott in his (laughs) press conference before the apology. So. Yeah, and that's putting it mildly because that mildly. didn't even say anything too egregious. However, there may or may not be a video of me that was secretly taken by my wife where I am two inches from the screen of my television <laughs> screaming my eyes out at the ref. 
<laughs> oh, I gotta see that. We gotta post that video. <laughs> BYU Indians. They are the refs are very lucky. Very, very lucky. I cannot afford to buy anything remotely throwable at the snack. <laughs> they are so lucky. Yeah, let's leave it at that, shall we? <laughs> let's move yeah. on. Or or I guess they should be lucky too. We don't have courtside seats or are part yeah. of the rock board so we can get the first five I rows. literally stick my leg out and triple. Not even oh. kidding. Okay, never mind. Moving on, moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, let's get into some college basketball, just the, the landscape. Uh, we're doing this every week as we kind of catch up on the college basketball landscape, who's good, who's bad, stuff like that. Um, it's called What We've Learned. So I'm going to start out. I have learned that the Pac-12 is the Pac-12. The Pac-12 in football is a self-cannibalizing league with no, like, great team. Um and they just eat each other up and they suck and they become irrelevant by the end of the season. Yep. That is exactly the way that I see the Pac-12 playing out right now. Oregon, who we beat, thought it was a good win. They ended up sucking. They just went on a uh, – they swept LA, UCLA, USC, two of the mm-hmm. top three teams of Pac-12. Um, Arizona is the only formidable team in the Pac-12 right now, and uh, they're cheaters. So, yep. yeah, Pac-12 is not that good, and they are relevant again. Okay. True that. Now, last week I talked about how the ACC was not the top dog anymore, as it has been recently. And this week I'm going to relate that to what Jared said about about the Pac-12. I think the ACC is actually the Pac-12 of basketball. Oh, and the Pac-12 is the Pac-12B of college basketball. Pac-12 A and B. Okay. Now. I got to give some background. I'm a pseudo Duke fan because my sister and her family live there in Durham. Uh, her husband went there for his undergrad. They go to games, usually one a year. Stuff. Send me Duke shirts for Christmas or something. Nice. Huge fans. And Duke got beaten by Miami last night, Ooh. which I feel like is a Pac-12 result <laughs> if you ask me <laughs> yep. and the way the season has gone overall it seems like the acc is just kind of cannibalizing themselves like the pac-12 does in football uh, there's no team that clearly rises to the foreground of national prominence um, each team will get a surprising upset or a surprising loss and so i think the acc is the pac-12 of college basketball Okay. Uh, you know, I can definitely see that for sure. Now, what I learned about college basketball this week is I was just reminded of why I love college basketball. Nothing better than March Madness. UCLA, top five team, took a very weird loss to Oregon. USC, another top five team, followed up. I'm maybe sorry, they were top ten. I think they might have been six. Weird loss to Oregon. Duke took a weird loss to Miami. And then to Florida State. Yeah, again. Villanova, yep. just like 20 minutes ago, took a weird loss to Marquette. All of these weird things are happening. The top 25 is just a revolving door of teams in and out and in and except, out. And in except and out. BYU. BYU is stuck out. Yeah, BYU is stuck out. We're out. almost there. We're almost there. We went in, came out. We're just on a very long. Yeah, we had to go around the block and come back. There you yeah, go. They kicked us out of the building. We had to come back. Okay, also just. A side note, you're talking about why you know you love college basketball. There's a guy with a KFC bucket on his head in the student section. That's amazing. Oh, the college yeah. basketball student sections are so fun. There's always there's always a ton of antics. A lot more antics than in football game. Baylor lost twice in a row at home. 
That's the number one team. This, like, there is just college what? basketball is a beautiful, disastrous dumpster fire that I cannot take my eyes off of. I love it. I am so with you. People that hate on college basketball because they're like, if you watch the basketball in the college and then the NBA, it's like not the same game. Well, of course not. College basketball is ten times better. Yeah, we don't want it to be the same game. Like we're watching Texas A&M Kentucky right now. People are running all over the court, jumping out of bounds, the taking out the bench. Five feet over somebody's head. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Can I say one thing about college basketball versus the NBA? Absolutely. College basketball has no load management. There you go. <laughs> That's, That's all you need, need to say. That's all you need to say. Need. I got my gavel. Ten times better. NBA is guilty of sucking. Yes, and of being rigged. Mm, yep. Mm-hmm. This podcast is brought to you by the Whistleblower Podcast. Go look it up. <laughs> okay, let's move on and talk about a little bit of what happened in the past. Uh, let's talk about our game against the Gonzaga Bulldogs, where we lost 110 to 84 in Spokane. Holy crap. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start off. Is that cool? Yeah, cool, cool. Okay. Um, I'm proud of the fight we put up. We played the best basketball I've ever seen us play in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. I've, the last, like, four times with Pagan Zaga, we've been down 20 to 2, 13 to 2, 10 to 0, 15 to 0, right? And we came out of the, the gate, and we were up. Like, up 7 to 0. Up 7 to 0. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. And we hung with them for the better half of the first half. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe half of the first half. We're only done by 12 at the end of the first half, too. Yeah, and in the second half, we cut it at 7 mm-hmm. at one point. I am very proud of the fight we put up. If you tell me all the numbers that we had, like three-point shooting percentage, the points scored, and you told us, like, that's what you would get, I would say, perfect, give it to me. I don't care what the score is. We lost by 26. I'm happy. Ten threes in the first half? What? From this team? No. I'm happy with the fight we put up. We're just completely outmatched. It's like, I don't know. It's like watching, like, a toddler take on Thanos. (laughs) Like, you just kind of know how it's going to end, but it's kind of cute until it gets violent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Danny, what, what are your thoughts on the game? Um, yeah, I think Gonzaga is just quite a good team, <laughs> to put it diplomatically. They're really good. They're a juggernaut. Chet Holmgren is overrated. Yep. 100% good. He's also freaking as a ugly. team. Yeah. He's, I mean, we talked about him in the preview. Go listen to that if you want to know our thoughts on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on the He's stick a club. stick man. <laughs> but, yeah, what surprised me was our offense had our best game in a long time. We made so many threes like we talked about. And like Jared talked about, our players fought the whole game. That was really impressive to me. It's not easy to put in that much effort when you know you're outmatched that bad. And when you're losing by so many points like they were by the end. But I think you, you know, the result aside, I think this was a good game for us. I'm really proud of how we played. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I could not agree more. This game taught me a lot about our team. And it didn't teach me negative things. It taught me a lot of very positive things. Uh, shout out to Caleb Lohner, who actually oh my played goodness. well. 17 points. Backed up his, we hate Gonzaga. Like, Gonzaga's no fun to play talk. Uh, if he keeps playing well, we will be in good shape. We need him to heat up. He had a linchpin game last year and started performing better. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, that's the linchpin for this year. Our yeah. team fought hard, matched up well against arguably the best team in the nation. We hung in there. 
obviously you're just not going to be able to sustainably hang up or sustainably keep up with a team who is shooting over 60% from the field for an entire game. They literally shot 69.5% from the field. I, I don't know how to explain that for, for you, <laughs> but like teams will usually shoot like the 40s. high 30s, low 40s. I, I, you can't beat it. I, I don't know. Can I just say, Mark Few's grandson or son or whoever it was that came in and hit a free throw at the end and the whole crowd cheered, that free throw <laughs> doesn't count. You missed the first one. You got a BS foul call. You did not score on your collegiate career. You need to get your butt back on the bench and kiss up to your grandpa so that you can even have your preferred walk-on spot on the team. Get out of here. Yeah. It's more hate wow. delivered by Justin Postal Services. <laughs> I agree. I yeah. Agree. There's- Gonzaga had three players score 20 points or more. <laughs> Drew, Drew Timmy had 30. Oh, my God. I hate Drew Timmy. Oh, yeah. I, question, question. Okay. okay. Hate rankings. So, like, power rankings of hate. Number one is your most hated. We're good. I, I'll give you guys. Uh, Della Vadova. Okay. Kelly Olynyk, oh, Kyle Wiltger, Demonta Sabonis, and Drew Timmy, and you can throw Chet Holmgren in there. No, I don't really hate Chet Holmgren. He's just overrated. Okay, all right. I hate okay. Chet Holmgren because he's overrated. <laughs> I'm gonna go number one. I'm gonna go number one, Timmy. <laughs> what? Number one, oh, Timmy, just because crap. of his little act. He had the, the mustache. mustache last year. He doesn't have the mustache this year, which is bad. But he just is so cocky, and for what, dude? You, you're not even like he has the type. He's the type of player that will excel in the NCAA and get booty walloped in the NBA. Yes. So we got yeah. Drew Timmy number one. Number two, I'm going to have to go with Sabonis. Okay, that's interesting. I hated Sabonis. <laughs> Sabonis, I, he was one of my worst nightmares watching those games. So big, so physical, big old like Serbian or whatever the heck you want to be. Butt. Yeah. Sabonis number two. Number three. I'm interested here. Delvadova. Okay. For shot for the shot. Just for the shot alone. <laughs> number. What, what were my last two options? Kyle Wilger and Kelly. Kyle Wilger. Kyle Wilger number four. Really? Kelly Olynyk's your last? I don't remember watching Kelly Olynyk enough to have a pure hatred for him. Okay. And okay. in the mm. NBA, he's become like a memeable player, <laughs> which is like he's grown on me because of like his time in the heat and everything. So, yeah, those are my those are my power rankings of team of players I hate most. Holy cow. Dan, where do you agree, disagree? Um, I disagree. Because my number one is actually Justin's number five, <laughs> Kelly Olenek. <laughs> okay. I remember his nasty hair with his headband <laughs> that was terrible. Greasy. He's kind, of, he's kind of a dirty player, too. Oh, remember, remember broke, uh, what's his name? Kevin Kevin Hart? No, not Kevin Hart. <laughs> Kevin Love's, he like broke Kevin Love. Oh, yeah. I was trying to remember who it was. He it was like on a rebound, and he like dislocated his shoulder or something yeah. with a really dirty play. Yeah, that's my number one hated. He was just really hateable in my mind. <laughs> um, after that, it's kind of a recency bias. Uh, except for Delhi, is probably my number two because of that yeah. shot. 
Yes. And then, uh, what else is there? Timmy, Sabonis, and Wilcher. Yeah. Yeah, probably goes in that order for me. I don't okay. hate neither of those even close to as much as I hate Kelly Olenek, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tend to agree a little more with Dan just because I hate Kelly Olenek so much. All right, that's fine. Yeah, uh, and I have mixed thoughts on Delvadova. We can dive into this later, right? <laughs> but Delhi, when he played on the Cavs, was just like the most oh, yeah. player for everyone except me because like from Ohio, I'm a Cavs fan. So I loved how gritty he was, but I hated it when he played against us. So I have mixed feelings yeah. on him, but Keller Linux takes a cake. And then it will probably yeah. be Drew Timmy. Drew, Drew, Timmy. Drew Timmy. Then Delhi, then Sabonis, then Wilger. Wow. Am I the only one that really hated Sabonis? I, I he's <laughs> up there. I, I didn't hate him that bad, honestly. Sabonis. Hated it. And it pains me that he's like decent in the in the NBA too. Like I know. Yeah, what the heck? He's playing for the Pacers and stuff. You know who I hope is decent, who I hope is decent in the NBA is Corey Kispert because he is on the Wizards. Ooh. Ooh. I hope he develops well now that he's not at Gonzaga. Yeah, Corey Kispert was always one of those players where like I never really hated him because he was good, but like he was never like super cocky and like in your face about it. He just—he was a good basketball yeah. player. I just like yeah. there's some players that like even though they're on the team that you hate, they just play such good basketball that it's still fun to watch them. Dude, okay, who was the uh, the guy that hit those like floaters, kind of Marcus Page esque floaters um, in the lane? He played for the Jazz a little while ago. He played for Gonzaga, number zero. He had like a cool oh, last name. I, I freaking loved him. I like I didn't hate him one bit. Played for Gonzaga. He was on the national championship team that lost to UNC. What was his name? Oh yeah, yeah. It's at the top uh, of my tongue. The, our listeners are probably screaming uh, at us right uh, now. Yeah, you guys probably uh, know. Shoot. I I don't know. Um, Greek. Oh my uh, gosh. Nigel Williams got yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, he was awesome. He is one of those players where it's just like he's so good you can't hate him. Yeah. And he, he, was, he, was, he was super humble too. So likable. Mm. Good guy. Good guy. Uh, one positive thing before we move on from Gonzaga. Hunter Erickson. Hey! One assist and two steals in six minutes. Yeah. Local boy. Shout out to Hunter Erickson. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's I remember I looked on. at the, the box score, and I I didn't think he hardly played at all. And I saw he had two steals. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck? And then he also had an assist. He so had something, just something more funny than that Talk about a linchpin yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now let's move on to a game that we won. How we won this game, no clue. BYU beat the University of San Francisco in San Francisco 71 to 69. All right. I'm just going to get out ahead of it. The video you've probably seen that we've posted on the Instagram by now. I was not happy. I turned the game off, so I didn't see the last, like, 15 minutes of the game. Uh, because when I turned it off, they had shot, like, 16 free throws. We hadn't shot one yet. And, uh, yeah, that was the breaking point for me. I kind of went a little nuclear. Um, so, yeah, I don't really know what happened. You guys are going to have to explain it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the biggest story for this one was the foul count. And especially the free throw attempted count, because at halftime, San Francisco had attempted 15 free throws. 
And guess guess how many BYU had attempted at, by halftime? Um, nil. Yep, a big <laughs> fat donut. Zero. <laughs> 15 to zero and three throws attempted. God. Um, so that was terrible, and that kind of put a black mark over my head, a thundercloud over my head <laughs> for the whole game. Um, in the final 12 minutes, they turned it around, and we attempted 18 free throws while they only attempted nine. Yeah, we attempted so, 18 free throws in like six minutes. <laughs> yeah. We didn't take our first free throws until like 12 minutes left in the second half. <laughs> then, we made, then we shot 18. I know. I don't know what those refs were looking at, but it was not what I was looking at. <laughs> um, they had their heads up their rear ends. Whew. Like I said, I have absolutely no clue how we won this game. It was ugly. We were trailing by 12 at one point. We were not making our shots. San Francisco was making everything. And then all of a sudden, we went on a little run. They stopped it. We went on a little run. All it took was little three to five point runs. And all of a sudden, with two minutes left, we were in the lead. Mm -hmm. I texted Jared. I said, Jared, me and Dan were watching the game. We were actually like, you know, Basically, it, w- it was not a safe space. <laughs> we, were, we were definitely letting out our feelings. Safe space for us, not for any bystanders. Especially the referees who got threats in our group chat. <laughs> I texted Jared and I said, yo, man, you want to turn, you, you turn the game back on? You didn't. My uh, phone was buried six feet The deep. fact that we came back and won that game and University of San Francisco took that dumb three-pointer at the end instead of going for the time. Oh, hallelujah. Loved it. Shout out to us. That's a quad one victory. If I told you last year that University of San Francisco was going to be a quad one victory, you probably would have slapped me in the face. Yeah. This year is a reality. Yeah. WCC is something special this year. It better be the last couple of years that we're in it because we have this year and next year. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. There was one thing when I rewatched the game, I rewatched the last couple of minutes. Caleb Lohner. Like, Loki was really clutch. Yeah. He had two yep. super hard contested baskets, like two or three offensive rebounds that really kept us in the game. I think you're right, Justin. I think it was a linchpin game for him. He's coming back around in a hot way. Let's not get it twisted. The first 17 minutes of the game, he laid an egg. He sucked. <laughs> True. But the last three minutes of the game, he showed up. Yeah, I think in general, he looked a lot more aggressive than he has looked. In other games, I think he's he felt like he had a little bit of more confidence. And you know, at the beginning, they weren't falling like they normally don't for him, but by the end of the game, like Jared said, he had those clutch moments, those clutch baskets. And I think him being more aggressive is really gonna be key to this BYU team going forward. Yeah, and to your point, Dan, like even though he was like a horrible basketball player in the first half. He kept fighting. He kept playing. He was playing so hard at the end. And I just love that about him. Like, even though the shots aren't falling, he just, he plays, like you said, with that aggression, 60 minutes of the 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. I love it. Absolutely love it. And that kind of leads us in to our last little bit of game analysis. Smiley face, straight face, frowny face. As you guys might know, this is a new segment that we're doing after each basketball game. Uh, that's worth doing this about. You know, we kind of did it with Gonzaga, but we're we're going to do it with the University of San Francisco. Let's start with a smiley face. Dan, what made you smile about the game? So mine applies to both games, actually, incidentally. 
Okay, um, and sure. it is the mental toughness of this BYU basketball team. I think in both of these games, they showed that they will not go down without a fight. And like that one iconic actor said in, in Interstellar, they do not go gentle into that good night. Yes. <laughs> yes. That quote gives me the chills when he says that. <laughs> I know it's from like some poem, but it's cooler in the movie. Yep. <laughs> uh, and yeah, they never gave up against Gonzaga despite being obviously outmatched and against USF, they're losing for almost the whole second half, but they crawled back overcoming bad calls, bad bounces, some offensive incontinence, and they got a two point victory in the end. <laughs> no, no, that's a very big, uh, that's a very big smiley face. I have the yep. straight face. Uh, I'm going to go with the same thing I did last time for the brownie face. And that is turnovers. Uh, we had 12 this game. Better than 12 in the first half, which we had the last <laughs> time I did this. Uh, not great, not terrible. Another straight face for me is Caleb Lohner's play. Like I said, sucked the first half of the game. Absolutely shanked a three. But then oh, yeah. he came up clutch, had a very clutch offensive rebound at the end where he had to run from under the rim all the way to the sideline to grab that rebound. He did, made a good pass, and that's when we made the go-ahead bucket. So shout out to Caleb Loner for, even though he's not he's not um, he is not contributing offensively like we thought he would. He's doing the dirty work that nobody else wants to do, and he contributes in different ways to our team. So straight face for Caleb Loner. It's straight, the kind of curling up, not quite a smile yet. No teeth, no teeth, no teeth. It's a no teeth, <laughs> no kind teeth of smile. smirk. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Uh, Last thing about Caleb Lohner, this is totally how it went with Colby Lee and Zach Selyus. Yeah. This is exactly the same thing. So by the end of the season, expect us to be like the Caleb Lohner activists. Maybe not this yeah. season, but next season, <laughs> we're going to be dressing up like Caleb Lohner every single game. <laughs> we oh, can yeah. grow our hair out and curl it. Yes. <laughs> that would be, be a sight. Yeah, All right. Uh, I have the frowny face. And uh, I would like to say it about the refs, but I'm going to try and focus on our team. And I pulled out some advanced metric uh, stat numbies. Okay. Not really. Okay. I just looked them up on the NCAA.com website. Anyway, our offense, other than the Oregon and the Gonzaga games, has looked quite crippled, right? Yeah. Crippled. Don't want to point anyone out, so I'm not going to. Okay. But <laughs> – <laughs> we already kind of did. Yeah, kind of like uh, Ben Poindexter at the end of Daredevil Season 3. No spoilers. Um, <laughs> let me just read you these numbers, okay? Assist to turnover ratio. BYU is ranked – okay, now remember, we're top 25 in a lot of metrics, right? Mm-hmm. 108 in assist to turnover ratio. 145 in scoring offense. 121 in assists per game which doesn't bode well because we're not moving the ball. Number 122 in turnovers, 168 mm. in field goal percentage, mm. and number 249 in turnover margin. Oh. Yeah, so we're not shooting the ball particularly well. We're not scoring the ball particularly well. In fact, pretty poorly. And the biggest thing for me is our lack of assists and our constant – Turnover. We're constantly fighting to keep turnovers to single digits, which we can't do currently. <laughs> yep. 
and just the assists, like it just shows that we're not running a, an, an offense that's good enough. Like we're forcing people to take their, to make their own shot, to try and take somebody off a dribble or off a screen. We're not moving the ball a lot. Like one of the best teams in this country, top 10 in assists and all these metrics is Utah state. Utah State does a fantastic job of moving the ball, kind of like what you used to see from the Jazz like two years ago. It was just beautiful basketball, and BYU is not doing that. And so that's my frowny face. I would love to see us start moving the ball, run some offense, and actually look like we have five guys on the court rather than four. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, about that, that turnover ratio, some of you may remember that I'm – Invented a new stat all by myself. Yeah, good. The season. We got an analyst on turnover ratio. And my goal was to have us someday achieve a one-to-one dunk to turnover ratio. <laughs> we haven't even come close, which is why I stopped talking about it. Um, losing Gavin and Harvard certainly hasn't helped. They're probably two of our biggest dunkers, but really our turnovers have been way too high and. I understand why Jared is giving that a frowny face. Big right. frowny face. Big frowny face. I know the last two dunk to turnover ratios have been like two to fifteen and two to twelve. So yeah, yeah. Not <laughs> ideal. We came close once. I don't remember what game it was. Neither do I, but it was six to yeah. nine. Uh-huh. It's in some exhibition game or something. <laughs> <laughs> of course, at the that. very beginning of the season. <laughs> it can't be an, an exhibition game. Can it? Well, maybe not that, but just one of the first games. Yeah, Okay, enough looking at the past. Let's look ahead to the future. BYU has two basketball games this week. One of them you will likely be watching later tonight, as yes. you're probably listening to this on Thursday, hopefully. Uh, we are playing San Diego at home on Thursday. It's on BYU TV, not CBS Sports Network. So. They did a little switcheroo. A little switcheroony. San Diego's 10-7, 3-1 in the WCC but they're 191 in the net. We should beat them handily. We have Portland on Saturday, 7 p.m., also probably BYU TV. Portland is 233 in the net. These two games should be a cakewalk for us, and because of that, it's not going to be. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, something that, you know what, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going there because I'm not going to jinx us. However, if we lose either of these games, we can kiss the tournament goodbye. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's no way we recover from a quad four loss. Quad four loss would be terrible. Yeah. Uh, it might be a quad three. No, it's, it's at home. Yeah, it's at home. home. Yeah. So San Diego lost to San Francisco by 15. Okay. And then they beat Pepperdine by 10, beat Portland by five, and beat Loyola Marymount by five. Okay, so they're beating bottom-of-the-pack teams by very little. Yeah. So still early. We don't know exactly where they'll finish, but everything tells us that we should win this one easily. Yes. Let's do it. We are favored over 90% according to the basketball power index of ESPN in both of these games. Mm. Mm. All righty, let's move on. We are moving into a... New segment that we're doing after we preview the games, we are going to do something called Raising the Sticks. Now, it's like just little prop bets between us. We make one prediction over the next two games. If it hits, we're safe. 
if we fail, then there is an ascribed punishment that we must fulfill. This week's punishment is eat an onion like an apple. Ooh. You have to finish the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yucko. So we're, we got to raise the stakes, Jared. What stakes are you raising? All right. Caleb Loner, he's turned the corner. He's going to have a double-double in one of the next two games. Okay. Mine is about bench warmers, Nate Hansen and Hunter Erickson. Okay. I think two you guys. over the next two games, yeah, two temp you guys, Hunter averages 1.8 points per game. Nate Hansen averages 0.8 points per game. Okay. I think over the next two games, they will combine for 25 points. Oh, okay. Okay, 25. Okay, so they're both going to average like six points a game. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah, I like that. Let's hope that that comes true. I'd love to see them in there for that many minutes. Let's also yeah. hope that it doesn't come true so we can watch Dan eat an onion like that. <laughs> <laughs> true. My raising the stakes is I am saying Fusini Treore, or Treore. Traore. Traore. We have more than or equal to 20 rebounds over the next two games. So he will average 10 rebounds per game for the next two games. Okay. Ooh, how, many, uh, how many rebounds is he averaging right now? As of right now, um, he's averaging 7.8 per game. Uh-huh. 7.8 per game. You're going to have to rely on him to get enough minutes, Justin. I know. <laughs> yep. Double-stitching rebounds. Big man core isn't very deep. That's true. Yeah. So I can rely on it. I think, yeah, 20 rebounds. Okay. I like that. Those are some solid predictions from us. Uh, we'll post a video on Instagram of the losers should any of us lose. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. you have any of your bets, make sure to DM us and you can participate too. You know none. <laughs> yes, I'm sure you want to. <laughs> we won't stop you. We will not. In fact, we will encourage you. Now, let's move on. Last but not least, we want to end the show with a little bit of positivity because we know our show is not known for positivity. <laughs> so, uh, positivity point. We're going to share one positive thing about Brigham Young University Athletics. All right. My first one, our basketball team culture. Okay. Hashtag B-L-I-A, I think it is. Best best locker room in America. Blia. Blia. Best locker room in America. You know, I feel like the players that did not agree with Mark Pope's philosophy – have left. Yes. Now we have Mark Pope's guys in. We have a locker room that you can tell these guys trust each other. They know each other. They love each other. They love BYU and they are fighting for each other, man. Mark Pope is an amazing coach. The players that we have are all incredible and have really bought into Brigham Young University and their athletic program and The Rock, sharing those experiences with yes. The Rock. Shout out to our team, to our coach, and to all of the people associated with the BYU basketball program who have created this culture. I love it. That is definitely a smiley face. My positivity point goes to just our basketball team in general because we have won more games than we deserve. If I'm being frank, uh, if you would have told me that our two big men, which are supposed to be the anchors of our team, would go down and Caleb Lohner would be basically a non-factor on the offensive end, I would have told you, okay, we'd have like maybe eight losses, but we 
are riding at, what is it, four right now? 15 and four. We've overachieved. We've won games that we probably have no business being in. And I'm just enjoying the ride. Yeah, mine was kind of similar to Justin's. I was, my positivity point, positivity point, getting ahead of myself, was about the players that Mark Pope attracts to the program. Um, I think Alex Barcelo is as loyal as they come. Oh, yeah. I feel like. And by the time he's done here, he might end up being one of my favorite BYU basketball players, even though he's a transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about Foose earlier. He's very admirable, humble, hardworking, lovable guy. Gideon George is doing his awesome humanitarian work uh, in Africa. And I love the players that Mark Pope recruits here. And to tie it all together, the culture Mark Pope has created, I think, has allowed us to win more games than we deserve. Our mentality allows us to... um, Sorry, our, our mentality allows us to win games that we shouldn't be winning, to, you know, don't lose games that we shouldn't lose because of the love these players have for each other, for Mark Pope, their commitment to the program and to each other. And it's really awesome to see that in a basketball team and makes me proud to be a BYU fan. Look, I'm just tearing up over here. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, we want to end on something positive because if we stay on the podcast any longer, we might let something negative flip. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Royal Strong and True podcast. If you listen this far in, make sure to go to our Instagram at loyal to Royal pod. And on our last post comment, boogeyman. That's Again, two O's boogeyman. So one comment from somebody other than us three. So uh, shout out to you. Uh, you know, we love you, M. Thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, make sure to go ahead and follow our Instagram, our Twitter, and make sure to share the episode with your friends. Please share the episode. We want as many listeners as we can. We want to grow this base, this community that we've created. Also, make sure to leave a review, preferably five stars, and download, 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 download. Thanks, guys, for listening. You're the best. We love you. Goodbye now. Thank you.